I'm terribly sorry. I was I was distracting myself with burping too loudly to hear your voice. En mysteriös tid, en magisk värld, en värld byggd av myter och legender. Ereb Altor. So we're in the city of Torsberg right now. Yeah, calling it a city is very generous. Yeah. And I believe the last thing that happened was we went and talked to the priest and he gave us a commission to go check out the monastery because they hadn't heard from them in some time. The head priest there, whom Sigmund also knew from before. So Gorse is the priest of Wegil, uh, which is the god of light and the sky and uh, good behavior and merciful forbearance and all that stuff locally you were asking if there was uh, anything you could any services you could offer any work available and he suggested that since the fall festival is coming um usually uh, the monks up at the or well the priests rather don't think of it so much as as medieval monks more like greece and antiquity like the priesthood is often a retreat up in the mountains and the the priests there are supposed to come down and help prepare for the fall festival but they hadn't done so and they should have done so like a, over a week ago so course, was asking them to um, take a little walk up there and see if something was amiss what else oh yeah so the fall festival is a festival where they celebrate the last kind of the changing of the seasons to the darker seasons where Wegel has a has kind of a twin god in uh, a god called Koshem who is the dark god who is um is meant to kind of challenge and and test people during the darker colder wetter months some people will say that oh it's just you know the other face it's the other side of 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 Wegel, right it's, it's still Wegel, it's just a different version of him others will say that it's a completely different god there might be some people who venerate uh, koshem more than Wegel, and he's more about obviously testing people and, and seeing if they're strong enough to survive so it's not necessarily the most uh merciful or friendly bunch so that may be something to look out for i don't know if gorse said so in so many words but uh since at least sigmund is a native to the area i think you would know about the, the like the changing of the the primary gods depending on the seasons castian you've been wandering the woods for a while uh, until you found the roads and now you've found your way to torsberg eventually eventually because those two are busy over in the at the temple, and I'm out with with the widow, busy shopping. I'm busy her, well, not bodyguard. You're her porter. <laughs> Could encounter Kestian uh, in the in the market. Yeah, there's a big big ass market square where they have all kinds. Yeah, he is hungry. Oh wow, you're you're relatively rich. Fifteen silver pieces. Buy me lunch. Okay, yeah. So you bump into each other in the marketplace, uh, which is probably the least smelly part of of the town. Castian, I know all these guys, right? Oh, you know, you know every every all of the other characters. You know the widow Rinsa, probably not, but you know Eskel, so you recognize him straight away when you see him. Castian, when did you get into town? You know, come over and slap you on the back. Oh, Eskel, tact, my good man, tact. Yes. yes. Oh, this is the uh, widow Reskin. We're staying at her place. The widow who now? Uh, what was her name? Reskin. Reskin. Rinza. <laughs> Rinza. There you go. Yes, I have that character again. The widow Rinza. We're staying at her at her place. 
I, I ran into uh, Yana and Zygmunt. How are they? They're fine. I mean, they got a little singed when the inn they were in got burnt down, but, you know, other than that. Uh, enchanted, miss. I'm, uh, I'm Castian. The widow Rinza is this elderly woman. I think I want him to take her hand and kiss the back of it, you know, all gentlemanly like. All right. I think, I think she, um. He's one of those elves. Yes, he is. Uh, I think she reacts if she thinks you're putting on airs for, for her uh, benefit, and she doesn't uh, appear to appreciate it. I mean, I am, but... <laughs> it's like, ah, she can see from your, your clothing that, I mean, it might be finer clothing that might have been fine 10 years ago, right? But it's like, okay, this is someone from down south, uh, from a city somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> Is this young man with, this young man with, uh, with you, Esco? Yes, we were companions farther south until some things happened and we got separated. Is he going to want to have lodging as well? Are you staying anywhere other than the streets? I don't know, am I? Well, you can cram yourself into my attic for a silver piece. A silver piece, huh? Right behind her, I'm nodding my head, holding up both hands. Eskel. Yes? That's enough. Make my own decisions, thank you. A wealthy southerner like you might go to the Blue Dragon otherwise, or sleep in the street with the pigs. Oh, I, th- I think I'll take my chances in your uh, in your lodgings, ma'am. Excellent. She holds out a hand as if as if she's expecting you to put a, a silver piece in it. Well, he's going to go ahead and do that because he has them. Come along now. Uh, you know, she starts hobbling away to um, toward her home. I pick up the basket. <laughs> I see you found work as a pack mule. Uh, she's a nice old lady. She doesn't care. And I tilt my head up so you can see my face. She doesn't seem to care. So you know what? I'll treat her nice. Right. So for, for Ari's benefit, half orcs uh, are not actually half orcs. It's just a, a term that people use in this, in this world where very rarely a person will be born to human parents who has some orc-like traits. Dark ashen skin, coarse black body hair, yellow eye whites. They're often cruel or bad-tempered, though whether from actually being bad or from being treated badly, that's up for debate. And a lot of people believe that they're products of a cursed bloodline or demonic meddling or something like that. So they're often used as scapegoats for this this thing and that thing. But uh, he has some moderate protection now since he has it in with um, with the widow. She's also a really good cook. You're in sore need of that. Castian, how uh, how overt are you about flaunting your elf Vanessa? <laughs> Not very open. Essentially, he's he's good looking and he knows it, but he's not going to go out of his way to show it unless somebody addresses him about it. Do you have a hood, or or do you cover your ears with your hair, or what's going on? I have short hair. So I do. Ha- I do wear a uh, a light hood. We have two Assassin Creed characters behind the widow walking through the streets. I hate this so much. You come back to um, Widow Rinza's house, Sigmund and, and Yana. You return and you see, hey, there's your buddy Castian. Castian, very good. Where's Jorgen, Orella? Have they managed to catch up with you, or is it just you? Just me. Well, it's very good, very good to have another one back with us. It's good to see you guys again, too. Although I could do less with the adventures that you have. Well, it's good you didn't meet the six-eyed, six-legged little dog monsters that... uh, Weren't that little. No, they were not. But luckily, we were able to just scare them away. We did not have to fight them. That was very good. Less bloodshed is always wonderful. 
So are you staying here or are you staying over the Blue Dragon? I am staying here for the time being. We'll see if that uh, that continues. Very good. And hopefully uh, our other, well, me and Zygmunt had uh, some other traveling companions. Uh, hopefully he will catch up soon. He still needs to reward us for saving him at the end. So um, we do have a job. The priests out at their retreat, their cloister, are they were supposed to come down and get the festival ready, and they have not come yet. So the in-town priest has asked us to go check up on them. And I see. Just to make sure they're okay and come back and report. So, easy job. Nothing is ever easy with you lot, but we can cross our fingers and hope. Indeed. So how much are we getting paid? I tell you how much was promised, which out of character I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it was fairly generous. I don't remember the the number now. 20 gold pieces per person. No, it wasn't. It's more like silver. No, no, because it's on recording. So when we hear recording and we hear him say 20 gold pieces per person, I'll be vindicated. So Craig knows, but I'm sure it's silver pieces. <laughs> you you got some, what the hell do you call it? Like an initial little... Advance. Yeah, advance on the payment. Seem to remember that. Yeah, it wasn't that much though, because we wouldn't wouldn't have been enough to buy a horse. No, not not nearly. <laughs> How about rent a horse? The heck kind of thing is a rent a horse? Well, it's a horse that sells itself for riding purposes. Okay, I was gonna, I was waiting for you to clarify that one. I was like, I don't think we're got that kind of role playing group right now. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could probably get a. Some sort of um, riding horse, simpler riding horse, for about ten silver pieces uh, per day. Forget that we're walking. Or how about a horse and cart? Well, we got a horse. We just need a cart. Well, my friend had a cart, but I don't know if he has a horse now. Probably wouldn't be much faster than walking. But if you decide to walk to uh, up to the um, the priest's retreat there, the where it says uh, Klostret, it would take you know if if you push yourselves. You know, you march, uh, you know, forced march up there. You could do it. If you start in the morning, you could get there by nightfall. But that would risk hurting yourselves or pushing yourselves a little too far. You could get all the way up to the the yellow part of the one of the rivers that feed into the, the lake in a day walking normally. Or if you got horses or maybe a horse and cart, you, that would work as if you were um, you were doing a... Um, like a forced march, but without the need for um, pushing yourselves. And a cart is actually pretty cheap. You can rent a, a crappy cart for five silver pieces for a day. It's still twenty gold, twenty silver pieces for four days. If you think you can push it, you can. You can do ten, and it'll be back and forth. And of course, I hasten to say, you can always haggle, right? You can always go to these people and say, "Um, that seems high." And we just got back our best haggler, right? <laughs> Indeed, you do. do. Do you guys want to go prepare today and then leave tomorrow? Do you want to prepare and leave today? What's what's up? We're this is the morning. You're kind of in the the late forenoon. How many days do we have before the festival is supposed to begin? Not a week or so for the festival, isn't it? Yeah, thereabouts. So yeah, we might be able to spend a day on prep so that we can get there without hurting ourselves. 
but we should probably haggle the cart today today and pick it up and pick it up tomorrow. Well, I can't go with Castian because I, you know, point to my face. Who here is also a stunning has got a stunning personality? I look at Yana. I don't even look at Zygmunt. Zygmunt's a local though. He might he might be able to um I think that probably stands him in better stead. Now you would do best to get a second horse because this horse isn't directly, uh, you know, designed for pulling carts. So uh, it would be it would be a horse and a cart. So you would have to go to a, like a horse trader and farrier, all that stuff. All right. Right, Sigmund, do you, are you tagging along? I suppose. Suppose you might be able to tell <laughs> tell Cassian, like, oh yeah, okay, the horse trader uh, edge it down. So you head out there um, to the farriers and the, and the farrier horse trader slash horse trader. Uh, it's probably where you stabled the horse to begin with, right? The horse you um, you picked up. The owner's uh, son, like a teenager, uh, is is the one you know out and about doing work, fixing a horseshoe uh, when you show up. Uh, so he looks up and he rolls up his sleeves and dusts himself off and, and comes toward you and he gives Casting a quick look. Um, and then he's like, oh, well, hello there. Do you want your horse back? Should I fetch it? Well, we're actually looking to work a deal. We need to head up north a little ways and we're looking to rent a cart and uh, may want to do trading of that horse we brought in for a for a proper draft horse. Oh, I see. Well, um do you, do you want to actually trade the horse in? Uh, yeah. Ooh, uh, well, uh, proper draft horse, yes. Um, well, something I can pull a cart better than that horse. Okay. Uh, yeah, that might be. I can I can see what I have, and and he you know heads into the stables and he goes over the various horses that are around and some in, some in a corral. There's a decent, uh, tougher, stronger, more enduring, during more a little bit. <laughs> more durable horse uh might be a good cart puller he's like well all right I, I guess you could have this one that will be 12 silver by my reckoning and uh it'd be the six for the cart so 18 oh but you're trading in the horse so uh you well let's say uh let's say 10 even well, i think that horse we brought in with a with a fine animal don't you agree there uh castian look at this magnificent beast we're trading in for this she is a fine mare, certainly. Do you want to appraise the horse you have so you actually know what you have to deal yeah, with? Yeah, so I'll appraise so the horse playing. I have. <laughs> uh, now you got to teach me how to do this on this game. The way you do uh, skill tests is you roll 1d20, and you want to get equal to or lower than your skill level. And since Castian has 18 in appraise, he's going to not have a very difficult time figuring out the real value. Oh, you roll a 1. Okay, so roll again and roll 18 or less for a perfect result. <laughs> roll 18 for a perfect result <laughs> so yeah considering you get a perfect result you notice that uh, hey this isn't just any breed this is this particular horse breed that's raced in, in down to the south and west and they are considerably hardier and faster uh, riding horses than most of the stock up here Take a critical look at the draft horse and look at our house and go, Well, my good man, considering we are standing on a Shire Bright, I think you may want to reconsider. Scratches his chin and he looks it over and checks its um, its uh, ankles and so forth. And he's like, well, I suppose maybe you're right. Uh, you know, Castian, that this would be, you could easily double the price. Oh, and I'm going to. I'd say that uh, that lovely young mare there is worth... At least 20 silver. Now, 
you have to keep in mind the market here. Uh, down south in a rich area, you might be able to get as much as like five or six hundred silver pieces for this horse easily. But yeah, but not here because they don't know what they are. Well, he he's certainly convinced that you think it's a proper horse, and it is different, slightly different from the ones up here. But you might be able to the best you might be able to squeeze out is is half three hundred maybe best, but. Yeah, I will haggle up to that price. All right, and that would if you get that, you could you could in fact get tons of silver over and you could you could rent the draft horse and cart very cheaply. Yep, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think he starts with like, well, I could give you uh 200. I'm not taking a silver less than 250. All right. So make your um haggle. Haggle. Yes. Oh, oh. oh, you don't. I guess I'm getting two hundred. Uh, so he says, "Well, I'm. I really can't get any higher than than two ten. It would be uh, my my father would have my hide if I if I gave you any more than that." All right, two ten, and we'll cross palms on it. All right. So he's you know he's clearly uh, a bit like he's satisfied that it didn't go over price, but he's clearly also a little like uh, not starstruck. He's a little. Um, befuddled by by your very able <laughs> appraising and and straightforward like okay this is what we're gonna do yep okay i'll take that deal well, so he likes my confidence okay i think he's a little taken aback by 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 it and not in a bad way necessarily okay you shake on it and then you know he goes and figures out all the the logistics you get your your draft horse and your cart, is there a particular period? Do you want to rent these for a longer period? Do we have enough to buy them outright? I don't think so, unless you haggle. <laughs> well, I can give it a try, but I don't want to do it unless it's going to succeed. Well, he has a decent wagon. It might be, uh, its actual price might be, you know what, uh, give me a, give me an appraise roll. Because the cart's the only one I want to buy. We can only okay. steal a horse. Or, you know, rent it and not get the law on your, <laughs> on your ass. Then again, you have the perfect culprit, you know, perfect scapegoat. You know, you can, only, you can always point to Eskel and go, he did it. There we go. Four. Yeah, it's, uh, it's probably worth 250 all told. But, I mean, you can probably push it down to 150 if you're if you're really pushing it. I'm going to go aside to Eskel make sure the guy can't hear us. Not Eskel, uh, Sigmund. You're with Sigmund. Or Sig- Sigmund. Mm-hmm. I do believe it might be a good idea to buy this cart outright. We can always switch out horses. Okay, well, what are we going to do with it after our trip? Sell it. You're the merchant. I mean, this is all found money, so you can do your merchant thing. All right, then. Approach him about buying the cart for 150 <laughs> Give me a Give me a haggle roll. There we go, seven. All right, very good. I, I, I really can't give you that, but it would be really... I'd be in a bad position. I could give, I could, I could maybe go to one seventy. Since the card's worth two fifty, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna make him think he's one. I'm gonna give you an option here. I'm gonna give you an option here. You can push it and say, "Not nah, really, uh, Mister or young man. This is not worth any more than one hundred and fifty." Yeah, I'm gonna. Is he's younger than me? He's younger than me. Oh yeah, significantly. I'm gonna throw on my authority. It's like, look here, young man. I don't uh, appreciate you trying to swindle me. <laughs> Okay, so he sticks his thumbs in his in his belt, and he's like, "Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Didn't mean to come off that way. It's just uh, that's. I'm sure, I'm sure we paid more for it. Uh, I think. 
All right, all right. I, if you say so. So uh, uh, he'll agree to it. Hand over the money. Sure. Okay. So I have whatever. Two ten minus hundred fifty is uh, sixty. Less, of course, the rental fee for the horse for at least two, maybe three days. So you can haggle on that too if you want to. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'll give him the proper price for the horse. Well, you traded it in, so you're not actually actually, but now you sold the horse instead, knowing that it's it was much more valuable. So you can rent um, the horse if you prefer the draft horse. If you want it for two days, it's going to be 12 silver. If you want it for three days, it's 18, four days, 24. How long is it going to take us to get over there? If you manage to do it in, you know, get your business done immediately, then it's going to be one day up, one day back. So I'll do it for three days and you're going to have to tell me how many pieces I've got left. So that would be 18, but you can haggle for that too. I will haggle for that. Make a roll and we'll we'll determine the reduction based on how much you beat your your score by. Not, I didn't. It's eighteen. Okay, you don't. Uh, oh, that's full price. When you when you start suggesting that, well, I'm sure we can come to an agreement. He's like, well, beg your pardon, sir, but I, I think I made uh, quite a lot of success succession concessions to you today. You've you've gotten some very good deals. Oh, quite right, young man. So we will say eighteen then. All right. And I have no idea how much silver I've got left. From the silver you gained from all your wheedling and haggling, that's 42 left. So you add 42 to whatever you have already. The Wolf of Torsberg <laughs> ripping through the markets. <laughs> Do you say that uh, we're going to start renting it tomorrow or uh, what's the deal? Yeah, we'll start renting it tomorrow. We have no place to stable it right now. So you, you can pick everything up tomorrow. It'll be ready then. I think Yana and I are going to go to the Blue Dragon and see if uh, what's his name. Oh yes, uh, borrows the merchant, the peddler that you that you met. Yes, the road. Yeah, yeah. He was gonna he was gonna come up here after a few days. He was gonna see what he could do to help uh, Heimert after the inn burnt down, and then come up. Lunch first, though. Then go to the inn. I might go to the inn anyway and get a beer. Are you all going to the inn? <laughs> He's only paying for a meal for us two. You guys have to pay for your own. No, we're having lunch. At, 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 I'm helping the widow Rinza. Well, I will not turn down her fare. Okay, so Sigmund, so you have to wait around until Yana's finished eating the stew. And- but then right after lunch, yes, we go. Are the rest of you going with them, or are you staying? Or Oh, I'll go. Well, you know, Castian, he, he had to think about elves. <laughs> <laughs> I've totally forgotten that. That's brilliant, yes. <laughs> what would this thing about elves be? Well, he's he's a bit of a bigot. They they gave him a hard time when he goes through the woods to trade. Hmm. I relish cutting him down, Pegatru. Yeah, the woods to the south uh, are uh, essentially unofficial elven territory. It's where they a lot of the wood elves live. They have a tendency to bother and tax humans who who pass through their their lands, quote unquote. Right. So I look at you, I look at I look at Cassie and pull my hood up over my head. <sighs> All right, I'll stay behind. Try not to scare him too much before we. No, no, so we're we're both going. We just put your hood up. You just have to be uh, assassin. He already put his hood up. He already had his hood up. <laughs> you go to the Blue Dragon. As I've mentioned before, the the bottom floor is, is all stone. The top floor is a little bigger and it's, it's wood. The interior is it's more like Southern inns. It's probably the more like I said, progressive building in town. 
Uh, it has proper floors. It has um, a little stage area, bar. It has a lot of space on the second floor for all manner of things. There are like uh, you could even acquire like a private meeting room if you wanted to, with like a table and chairs and benches. George, civilized luxury. Oh yeah, yeah. It's somewhat full. Think like uh, uh, the prancing pony in uh, in Lord of the Rings. There are a lot of people coming in uh, for the fall festival, both for trade and for and f- just for attendance. A lot of foreigners, people from south and east and west. Uh, you don't see Boros or Amtan present at at the present moment. They may be on their way. They may be elsewhere. What do you do? Well, I'll inquire with the innkeep as to whether Boros is uh, checked in with the Tinker Boros. I think uh, the innkeeper is. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to copy paste the prancing pony dude because he's excellent with his um, mutton chop mustachios. And he's like, he blinks at you and it's like, oh, uh, let me check. Uh, and he goes through his little ledger. He says, no, no borrows, no, no tinker. Uh, I, I know the man though. Uh, usually comes by this time of year if you wait around or rent a room. I'm sure uh, we're most happy to see you, young woman. Will it be acceptable for me to, uh, out of character, do we know if Boros is literate? Uh, I think he's nominally literate. Like, he, he, he can read a little. So with my Jorish of five, I could probably leave a note. We here, but we going on job back in a couple of days, sort of a thing. Would it be all right to leave a message for him? I suppose that could be done. I can take it down if you wish. Well, tell him that uh, Yana and Zygmunt were asking after him, and we are uh, going to be out of town on work a couple of days, but we will see him after we return. His tongue is in the corner of his mouth as he's taking this down with his quill. He he makes a a gesture out of making a punctuation. He says, there, that should do it. Blows a little on it. Question for for Castian. Uh, Are you carrying your... um, uh, your liar? Yeah, I am. It's on my back. Cool. He stuffs the the little note under under the back of the bar, and and um, it's like I'll, I'll make sure it, it gets to the to Boris. Don't you worry, young lady. And then he looks over to um, casting. He's like, "Oh, you are you a player, young man? God, do I even have li- liar skill? I got sing at nine. Oh, you do play liar at five. Liar and Sing are uh, a little different than a lot of the other skills. Performance skills, they are judged uh, on the number you have if you are not tra- trying anything exotic. If you're trying to do something difficult, then a roll is, is required. Not really trying to do anything exotic. What I'm trying to say is at Liar level, with a skill level of five, you can do simple uh, songs. You can play simple tunes on your Liar. No problem. You don't have to roll for it. Uh, and s- singing at nine is the same deal. Uh, once you get to 11 with sing, you can start singing professionally almost, right? But you could be able to entertain people here uh, if you wanted to for a little extra clink. He's going to say, uh, I play moderately. I'm not that good, but I could entertain your pa- uh, patrons for a while. Why don't you talk to Olu over there in the corner? She uh, She might need some accompaniment. I'm sh- I'm sure you two could work out some deal. I'm paying her rather handsomely. Yeah, of course. He's going to go over to, what is her name, Ulu? Ulu, yes. Uh, so you see a, uh, a flamboyant looking, like, uh, if, if this were like European medieval, in, in a European medieval context, this is what 
this is what people would call a traveler or a gypsy, colorful dress, fluffy, curly, dark hair, darker complexion. She has like uh, a, a bunch of instruments uh, arrayed on a little side table near the, the stage area, stringed instruments, uh, lute, uh, some a flute, uh, some I guess there's some some kind of instruments that you're supposed to. You're not sure what there are. Maybe some sort of castanets or something. She seems to be uh, preparing something, or or she's probably tuning the lute. Are you um, looking for accompaniment? I've been told. So she looks you up and down. Well, well, perhaps. Who put you up to this? Motions with his thumb back at the innkeeper. Oh, she narrows her eyes and like rolls her head a bit. I suppose he isn't used to my foreign ways yet. Are you Are you here to spy on me? Is that it? Make sure I don't steal anything? No, no. Of course not. I'm simply here as someone who knows how to play a lute. What can you even do? Besides the lute. <laughs> I can sing. You can sing. I go, well, um, all right, sing me something. Uh, he does. My throat is not... <laughs> <laughs> my throat is not uh, feeling good enough to sing, so he he does sing. Is there a particular song you want to sing? Like, do you sing a, a common folk song in in like the common language, more or less, or, or are you singing in Elvish? How, how do you try to improve, impress Olu? Uh, Jorish is the common tongue, right? Yeah, pretty much. All right, I will sing in Elvish for her. Right, you don't have to roll anything. Just, I just want to know, like, what what you do. I'll sing a uh, a song about a. Traveler in Elven Lands. It's a comedy. It's a comedic song. It's a comedic song. Okay, it's a funny song about an Elven traveler. Do you wish to simply state, use it as a as a illustration of your talent, or do you wish to try to impress her? Just demonstration of my talent. Okay, then we don't roll, and you you deliver um you deliver it competently. It's not a super complicated song, obviously, but there is a little flair in that you're singing in Elvish. I think some of the near patrons, you know, they stop their, their murmuring and um, turn and uh, listen. And when you're done, uh, a few of the nearest patrons start clapping. And uh, she seems to be a little incensed at this. She says, well, all right, I suppose you have some talent. Do you know? And then she goes into some of the local, I think not local, I think some of the common like traveler tavern songs that everybody knows, like some of those songs that everybody in a tavern can sing along to because some, no, somebody knows something of it. The tune is common to almost everywhere, but then the lyrics might be slightly different. And they're all in, in inside of your common common core <laughs> bardic <laughs> bardic education. Okay, so well, all right. Um, I suppose I could um, part with a few silver per night if you're willing to um, give accompaniment. Of course. And I'm sure if you're willing to. Um, Play it up for the guests. I'm sure they will give you something extra. Of course. She peers at you at the at the hood and all that. And it's like, um, you seem very fair. I assume you are an elf. Uh, I, I don't know if I should reveal that to her, but... You already sang in Elvish, so... <laughs> yeah, okay. I could sing in Elvish. Sure. <laughs> He's going to do it. He's going to just lift his hood. Like, can't his thumb at the... Uh, Keeper, when he's not looking, lift his hood, show his ears, and then put it back. Well, it's probably best that you keep them hidden. We wouldn't to cause a stir, would we? No, that would be the idea. You get the sense that if you did do that and played decently, you'd maybe get more attention than she would. And that's why she doesn't want you to do it. Well, I don't want to do it because I don't want to be stabbed by the man standing over there. Well, you don't know that anyone here is an elf bigot. 
Um, yes, I do. Well, the man we mentioned isn't here yet. Oh, okay. I thought that meant the innkeeper. Okay, whatever. No, no, no. They were looking for Boros, the, the peddler. I am not set to perform in, in at least an hour yet, so come back then. All right, then. Would you like a drink while you're waiting? While you're warming up? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, yes, of course. Bring me uh, the house wine. Very well. Goes off to get some wine for her. And there I am, leaning against the bar with a tinker ale in my hand, and he comes over and says, So you can be singing with her? That's the idea. Singing with her, not upstaging her. That's a silver piece for that beer, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, marking yeah. it. I'm also marking uh, however much it is for the wine. Yeah, too. So, yeah, I guess we spend some time here and the peddler doesn't show up. I don't even know. I barely know what he looks like. Well, it depends on how long you stay. Like, do you want to take it easy and spend the afternoon and evening in the inn? Chill out? Listen to rumors? Play music. Play mu- music? Earn some money? I'll just sit here and spend money. If I have to spend more than three silver pieces while I'm here, I'll probably be up I head back to the to the widow's house. What's Yana and Zygmunt doing? Well, I hadn't thought much beyond wondering if it's a, appropriate or necessary to tip the innkeeper to make sure that the uh, note gets passed along. If you have to ask, tip him. I figure when when he did that, we each bought a drink just because then we're cus- paying customers and he puts us a little higher. Right. Yeah, if all you need is a uh, beer or an ale, it's a single piece. In this economy, that seems pretty expensive. Yeah, but hey, it's festival prices. Craft beers, and they're a scam. Hey, this is the best location in town. <laughs> Good thing we're making that, uh, what was it, 20-some gold pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, community service, and if uh, something bad is happened out there, well, you know... We get the danger pay, we get stories told about us, we get maybe more opportunities. If we did, we don't have to pay our bar tab, right? It's true. I guess I'll um, wander about a little bit, listen to some chatter, see if I can find anybody who's been traveling up north where we're going. Sure. You get to a table with four dwarves, and they are talking about how awful the quality of the road was on the way down here uh, from the mountains. And... What a terrible matchstick town this is. It's a joke, and it's going to be easy pickings for the dragon they are, they are looking for if it decides to come this way. I stop and, excuse me, uh, good fellows, dragon? Oh, now no, you've done it, Osin. <laughs> <laughs> the dwarf is like, oh, well, mistranslation, don't, don't worry so much about that. Just a really big snake, and he holds up his hands as if he's describing a, a large fish that he's fished out of the lake. They're all terrible liars. What would knowledge of dragons fall under? What would that my magic lore, my animal lore, sorcery? Yeah, I'd I'd say uh, animals would be adjacent. Uh is there any particular thing you want to like try to figure out? I want to say something that would make them say that I know a little about dragons. If you're mistaking dragons and serpents, nobody's going to make that mistake. Just looking at your numbers, like you could you could leverage your magic skill, that magic lore skill to say like, oh, well, okay, well, I know enough about magic in different contexts to know that there are dragons who are very capable at using it. So there's a, there's a very big difference between a proper dragon and a large snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. If you guys are just looking for a big snake here, uh, I can 
point you in the right direction. If you're talking about a dragon, then you might want to discuss things further. They all kind of sign and they wave you closer, you know, to sit down. They have this big pitcher, wooden pitcher in the middle of the, the table, uh, and they all have their own tankards. They see that you're carrying a little drink, so they top it off. Osin, who was talking about um, the um, dragon, he says, fine, fine, fine. Uh, all right, so maybe it's a, lar- a little larger than a typical serpent, uh, but really, it, it, I'm sure it's nothing that the fine guards here couldn't handle, and you know that there are you know, about 50 guards, and they're not all that great. Just a beastie that came south decades ago, and now we heard some rumors about it uh, prowling about in the woods, stole some, uh, some uh, valuables to the dwarves. Duh. We're just going to, um, well, um, wander in and borrow them back. Oh, well, if it's a true dragon, I certainly would wish you luck there. can be cleverer than people expect. (laughs) You saw this up north of here? Ah, decades ago. We haven't seen it. We heard rumors from some peddlers coming from Torsberg. It should be off in the east into the, in, in the woods somewhere. I've seen some strange things on my trip, but, uh, it wasn't a dragon. Saw some other strange beasties that uh, hadn't encountered before. All kinds of uh, awful ilk around here. But um, I'm sure with a little bit of craftiness, we can get around this uh, worm. If he's hiding in the woods, I mean, he can't be big or dangerous. And I'm sure the the Chronicle didn't say anything about uh, terrible cleverness. It's just uh, ill-tempered, right? And the others nod. Hang on the woods. They usually have some sort of lair of some sort. They usually don't just hang out in the woods like a common beast. <laughs> so they start talking each other, each other in English. There's some considerable gesticulation uh, and slapping of uh, of hands and fists in the table. And then Olsen's like, "Ah, oh, you you seem knowledgeable about these creatures, these serpents. Would we be able to secure your services as a a scholar, a helper? What's the word? Guide." Perhaps. Currently, I've been engaged on another job, which would take me up north for a day or two and back. All right. Uh, But you'll be back in then, then? Yes. It shouldn't be too long. As long as I'm not eaten by a dragon. (laughs) All right, all right. I suppose we can stay that long. Uh, What's uh, what's a reasonable price? Uh, Seems to think about what he's able to pay. (laughs) (laughs) How about four silver pieces a day? No grasp of the economy here. It seems seems like I've got to pay the silver for a drink. It's uh, you know, th- this is all like on a on a case by case kind of basis. There's no like standard. Here's a guide price. Or yes, but I'm the character would have an idea of value. So sure. Well, if it wouldn't be holiday, uh, you know, festival prices, that would be like uh, between eight and ten beers, pints. It's kind of slightly above a laborer. Right. Yeah. For that price, that's you know not much more than just kind of pointing you in the right direction and staying out of the way. Well, uh, <laughs> he looks around like I could go to five. <laughs> and then you could you could come along, and then you stay out of the way when we when we find the the creature. Oh, and I'm sure there might be uh, things. There's shiny things in the think about that. Perhaps uh, currently. Traveling with a few companions. I don't know whether they'd be interested in this uh, endeavor. Well, you, surely you could leave them behind for a short time or bring them along if they're capable. I'll discuss that with them on my trip and I will see you when I come back. Very well. Good luck to you. 
if you came down from the north, then you had no other difficulties. Well, the roads are terrible. Yes, yes. Other than infrastructure, no other horrible beasties or bandits or... Noxious humans? Yes, yes. There's plenty of those. Plenty of biting gnats and insects around the lake. Nothing beyond that normal uh, traveling fare. Well, that's good. Then increases the chances of my being able to return. Raise my tanker to him and see in a, a few days then. Let's drink on that. So <laughs> they all drink. Head back to my companions and talk to him about the, the, the dragon in the woods, apparently. <laughs> if not getting lost in the woods is what they want, well, they would need a guide. But yeah, dragon, hmm, that might be a fine piece of hide if we can get it. It would be interesting to work with. How big a dragon? Sigmund, roll animal lore for me. Nope. Yeah, there was something about dragons that, besides the whole breathing fire thing, that slips your mind. But you know there's something. Maybe I'll remember it by the time I get back. Yeah. So I see you got a free beer out of that little discussion. I'm looking at my second uh, second beer and taking our silver piece off. I'm heading back. Uh, You guys can wait for him. No, I did not expect that he would actually show up today. I mostly just wanted to leave the message. No, now we're just passing time. If there's more preparation to be done, then maybe we should be about it. You're not going to stay to catch the performance? Yes, that would be interesting, yes. Hmm. If he had Orella with him, well, they could really take the house down, but... I'll probably save him one song, and then I'll head on, I'll head on back to the widow. I'll stay there as long as she needs me, so... Excellent, excellent. That, that'll be most of the night. And by night, I mean evening into the... Maybe maybe to be like 9, 9.30 in the evening. Something like that. Once you get going, the cheer in the place goes up considerably. She knows all the right songs to get everybody to sing along. Uh, so it's like an Irish pub uh, all of a sudden. Some, of the, some people are singing in their own languages or dialects uh and the lyrics aren't necessarily the same but everybody's like oh well you know that's close enough create some some nice neat fellow feeling and atmosphere and everyone's within a quarter octave of the right notes but you know that's okay you know roll me 2d4 sorry seven seven yeah so you you get all told you earn 10 silver pieces throughout the evening so yeah uh, whoever wants to stay late can stay late uh swing the cast in. Otherwise, you know, you can do whatever you want throughout the, the evening. Um, nothing in particular happens. Boris does not, unfortunately, show up. Neither does Amtan. I'll do swing on by back to the back to the inn and make sure that Castian finds its way back to the um, to to the widow's place. Okay, okay. Possibly a good idea because he this is not his town, so he is more than likely to get lost if he tries to go back by himself in the dark, and less likely to get tossed by somebody. True. Don't be silly. There's a total of like five guards patrolling the entire town. He'll be fine. So I can congratulate him on my on his fine performance. And then I can work on my leather scraps when we get back to the house. We got any light. Okay. It'll be candlelight. Is there anything else you would like to do or prepare before you leave tomorrow? Nah. Does she have anything I could use to make a poison to coat my blade with? So make it make a D twenty and equal to less than reason peeking about her um her various um herbal stashes nope all right so there are some things that in larger doses might you know give somebody cramps or a bad bad digestion or something but there's nothing outright poisonous available unfortunately 
you could always keep an eye out on the road. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. I'm going to get up early so I can hit the south gate and get my stuff and then make my way up to the north gate around on the outside. I'll see. I'll wake up Yana so she gets up too. The more, next morning comes. You, you go and do your preparations. You fetch your weapons. You fetch your wagon and your draft horse. Um, and you, you hop into the wagon. It's a small four-wheel thingamabob. Now that would be what the right skill to to run it. So who's got the best right skill? Oh, I've got a five. Any one of you could conduct it simply, right? In a pre- pressure type situation, it would be more of a risk. We'll put Castillan on the on the on the reins. I think you're our best person for this. And if he gets tired, we can switch off. We've got more than one teamster here. So you start rolling out from town and about the time where you where you're you have all your stuff together and you're heading out the heavy clouds that have been moving in from the east uh start to uh release their downpour and quickly the road goes from slightly soggy to very wet and it's it's just really awful half 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 of the way you have to like leave the road and go on the out on the grass and a lot, a lot of the road immediately close to the town, you see that like for almost half the day, you have to stick to the road because the, the road sides are all uh, cultivated land, right? It's all um, crops. I'm saying in the back because I have to hop out every so often to give a push. You can almost make a statement about the weather if you'd like, Yana. Yes. Why not? That's a, that's a five, isn't that? 25% chance of being able to make a prediction. Close. Ah, being able to make an accurate, d- d- accurate. <laughs> prediction. Well, you know, these squalls have a tendency to stall, so we may, uh, it may take three times as long to do our travel as I thought it was going to be. Because if you feel it's unseasonably warm, I think it is going to be stalled here for some days. Well, we just have to press on. I'm sorry to give you bad news. The half-orc looks up from behind the wagon as he's got his shoulder against it, pushing to get out of the mud where it's currently stuck in. Really? (laughs) If it weren't for the rain, the whole area would be pretty idyllic. Uh, You know, it's fine. Once you get out of the cultivated land, it's uh, uh, fair grasslands with occasional copses of, of oak. You meet the occasional traveler who's huddled close, uh, either on horse or walking the horse or having a little two-wheel part uh, going down to Torsberg. Do we make it in a day, or are we getting there at evening time? You certainly make it in a day. Uh, it's just that you will you'll be later than usual. The, the downpour uh, breaks off a bit the, the farther north you get. Once you get past the, uh, the northern cultivated land, and you start veering off up the, up the hills, the, the rain recedes a bit, and it becomes like a light drizzle. And uh, the road up here isn't quite as bad. It's more stone than it is mud. You know, with the sun setting in the west, uh, you uh, come up um, up the road toward the um, the retreat. And a lot of these slopes are, are terraced. You can see uh, apple trees on the terraced uh, slope. Ari, make your make your poison roll to see if you picked something up along the road. Nope. What the heck? Oh, it's almost the exact same number, but um. You catch a few places where you know you should be able to find some, but they've curiously been picked clean already. Who's the most um, prominent in my vision right now? I'm assuming Eskel. You might be me. Can I miss? I'm sitting in the back just in case we get stuck again. I have to hop out and prize forward with a log. Get it and get back in the cart. It was Eskel. Someone's picked this area clean. Of uh, what? Poisonous herbs. 
there's particularly a type of moss that you know grows around the wood, the the rocks here, the stones here. That well, is yeah, but Eskel's not going to know that. Fine, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> you think maybe they used it in some kind of ritual? Can they be used like uh, in uh, some sort of medicine or something like that, or are they just straight straight up poison? Uh, you don't know that they have any medicinal uh, purposes. Maybe they're taking it and destroying it so that there aren't dangerous things in the area around them. Wishful thinking? Perhaps, yes. Maybe they got pests they need to get rid of? It's not entirely uh, implausible. You know what? Let's pass this on to the rest of them. And we pass it on to the rest of them. Someone's been gathering lots and lots of poisonous herbs. They're also perhaps not the only ones living in the area. Oh no, by by no means. Like the uh, all kinds of people come through here. The dwarves come through here. The native forest barbarians and and mountain barbarians uh, come through here. It's not for sure that it's like the monks or, or rather the right. priesthood picking these things. Yana, perhaps we can uh, take a look at the area where they've been harvesting this. Maybe you can pick out something from the tracks. All right. They haven't been washed away. With the weather today, maybe. But yes, I will see if I can't identify, size, build, these sorts of things, looking for tracks. Give me a tracking or track roll minus three. So you should have 12 or something, right? Unless you raised it. I don't think you could. Uh, 15 minus three. So 12 or less. Nah, in this light and with all this moisture, it's very difficult. There, you, you see animal tracks. You see things that might be humans but again yeah the conditions aren't great uh you said we're going through an orchard are all the trees heavy with fruit still uh no they have actually been harvested well most of them anyway you see a few with with the bright kind of golden golden or green uh apples it's very few you don't see any tools out and about either like uh, nobody's left a stepladder behind or um or a basket well let's continue so this takes a little while for you to check the tracks and, and keep an eye out for maybe tools, but it, it's not anything that uh, delays you significantly. By the time you reach the structure itself, the monastery, let's call it, pretty much, you know, the sun is down, but it's, you still have that kind of gray half light. So maybe you have maybe a half hour of, of actual light left. And the cloister building is, it has a uh, stone wall that's about, um, six and a half, seven foot tall. Uh, there are uh, kind of double door gates of wood that are more designed maybe to keep wild animals out than to keep an invading force out. You can see three buildings, the roofs of three buildings over the, the wall, one large farther into the, the compound itself and two close to the, the gate. Okay, so the entire, like uh, uh, the compound is like a square shape. And the interior is perhaps 60 meters per, to an end, right? So it's 60 by 60. Clearly, like, the, they have some bushes and trees on the inside, but it's very sparse, what you can see over the wall. Any cooking fires? Any smoke? Ah, uh, you don't see any. Everything appears to be closed and, and, and uh, you know, uh, closed for the, for the night, so to speak. It's kind of quiet as well. Ring the bell and see if anybody's home. Yeah. Sure. Ring the bell. You wait for a little while. You can hear somebody walking over uh, perhaps a, a gravel pathway, uh, and you hear some, 
what sounds like some heavy locks on the inside, or maybe it, maybe it's just a bar, a metal bar that's across the gates. And one of the gates opens slowly inward, and uh, you see a very striking priest, probably seven foot two, very broad. He has rolled up sleeves. He ha- he's wearing the kind of light blue robes of, of the acolytes who are lower ranked. Uh, the higher up in the ranks you go, the, the paler and more white your robes become. Uh, and over that, he has a kind of brown woolen like work robe. Uh, that's kind of like a tabard, essentially, that's designed to protect the front of his robes and his knees when he's doing gardening work, right? I don't want to say that he's like smeared or anything, but he has some dirt under his nails and dirt on his forearms. He's bald. He has heavy brows. And by heavy brows, I don't mean that he's, he has hairy brows. He just has, you know, the brow ridge is very thick. And he has this face that's kind of thick. He looks like he might be a youngish looking 60 something. Uh, but his arms and, fo- and hands are like, they look like he's maybe 40. So it's a bit of a slightly odd, something is at odds here, right? And, he smiles broadly at you, you all, uh, as if he's surprised to see anybody. And his smile is just that slightly too broad for, for, you know, you know, when you see people who have that, you know, genetic outliers, people who can bug their eyes out a little too far, stuff like that. His smile is like that. It just, it, it's just broad enough to give you slight, like discomfort feelings. And his fat face kind of makes it worse. It, it, it like broadens his jowls and his cheeks. Uh, uh, he's bald, um, if I didn't say that. And at first you think maybe he has uh, heterochromia, like he has different colored eyes. But then you maybe notice that uh, one of his eyes has a, 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 an extremely overlarge pupil, like either he's blind in that eye or he has had some head trauma or something. So he nods at all of you in turn, and he's like, well, I, uh, hello. Evening. Hello. Good evening, sir. Hello. Well, that's a lot of you. <laughs> C- coming to visit? I will keep you. Koshin be far from you. Uh, and, and you, and you. Uh, We've been dispatched from Torsberg to inquire after your welfare. They've been a bit puzzled as to why the priests have not cut, come for the festival preparations. Oh, how very considerate it is of them. Oh, where are my manners? Uh, he backs away and sort of opens the gate and he opens the other gate uh, so that you can get the cart through if you wish come in come in uh i was i was just whipping something up to eat <laughs> yes uh well i can understand their concern we you understand <laughs> the brothers are out and about uh, they are abroad there there was talk of um of a preparation ritual up in the hills and I have been left in charge. Uh, c- come in, come in. The, he points to the uh, what looks like a kind of a stone. What do you call it? Like a storage building to the left when you get into the when you get into the compound. Uh, you you can leave anything you you wish to secure in there. There is a he points to the to an end of that building. You you can stable the horse there. Uh, everything will be quite safe. Do you all go in? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, I'm keeping my my gear. Yeah. Uh, do you do you get the horse and wagon into the compound or? Yeah. Okay. Then he he closes the the doors behind you and and he puts the this heavy like looks like a rusty iron bar across the the gates. He's like, huh, must make sure to to keep the wild animals out. You never know around these parts. Yeah, got an eye out for anything amiss. Shallow graze, uh, dismembered foot. <laughs> 
new newly dug graves. Now, from all you can see, it looks pretty pristine and serene. There's a broad gravel path that uh, leads straight toward a large uh, single floor temple building, essentially. It's, a, it's kind of a cramped version of the temple uh, you, you've seen in, um, uh, in Torsberg, where it has that kind of Greek style what do you call it with the the pillars in front the columns in front and and the tri triangular uh greco roman architecture yeah yeah right 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 but it's it's kind of like broad and squat instead of instead of uh tall and you can see off to uh, the right of that building there's a path leading off to perhaps a well uh the grounds the grass up here seems to be very well kept uh the bushes are very well kept everything seems to be in order except of course for there being seemingly just him if it's customary to do like, you know, a ritual washing before you enter the holy precincts or whatever, then I'll go over to the well and do that while keeping my eyes open. Well, in that case, there'd be a basin in the, in the temple for that purpose. There, there would be that in the temple, yes. There's also uh, stuff you can do that with in the stables and storage house. There's uh, like a washing area. So you said there were, like, there was two smaller buildings and the one bigger building? Right. So directly opposite the storage building with the stables, there's a different storage building. It's actually a little larger, I think. And it, it seems to have an attached outhouse, a double outhouse, actually. Like there are two two adjoining, not adjoining. <laughs> you can sit and say hello to each other while you're pooping. No, there seems to be like two two outhouses next to each other, you know, attached to the building. And, uh, well, he hasn't, he hasn't expanded on what that does or is so you must be famished he says and he's rubbing his hands like he's relishing some 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 opportunity to offer you something and thirsty oh how thirsty you must be we've uh, we've just recently uh finished a batched a batch of apple juice for the festival yes quite savory great and he has this little like creepy, creepy laughter it's like it's like this is the dude that that was so awkward socially that he couldn't find any different vocation other than like a, a cloistered priest, <laughs> right? You get the sense that he doesn't meet a whole lot of people and that it's odd that they've left him in charge of, as a greeter. Yeah. No, I just get a sense of odd. It's just odd. He's just odd. Uh, yeah, he is. He's very odd. Extremely odd. Oh, I, sh I suppose I shall have to quarter you. Yes, there are a number of unused quarters inside the uh, the building uh, behind us. The the temple, of course. I'm I'm sure the brothers won't mind if you borrow a, a bed and uh, and uh, uh, what are they called? Chamber pot. Yes. So the what have the brothers been up to? Why haven't uh, the folks in Torsberg heard from them? Well, uh, come along, come along. I will give you victuals while uh, while I tell you uh, about the uh, very startling discovery we made up in the hills. And he starts moving up to the the temple building. It wasn't a dragon, was it? <laughs> dragon? <laughs> no. <laughs> Where would you get such a preposterous idea? Well, I suppose they are around, aren't they? Well, well, it wasn't a dragon anyway. Come, come. I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about it. All right. Oh, he's gonna. He's gonna follow. Yeah, I'm coming along. I sort of lean into uh, casting. You're good at finding poison and food. Give it a try. Can't promise anything. Maybe just don't eat. I snagged some cured sausage from the from our bags, just in case. So you enter. Uh, if you enter after him, then uh, you know once you get past the, the columns, there's a there's a doorway with two double doors, and he opens them. They have varying various 
iron, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, when they've sh- made shapes out of iron and fl- in flat iron and nailed them to the door, right? And the shapes are like wrought figures. Wrought iron. Right, it's, right. It's like wrought iron, flat wrought iron, like figures of probably Weggle uh, in opposition to Koshem, right? That's probably one door is, is Weggle, the other is Koshem. Uh, and he opens... Uh, Which one does he open first? Oh, he totally reaches for the Koshem door first uh, and opens that. But he opens them both so you can all you know, comfortably go through. You enter kind of like a reception hall. It's um, you know, 60 feet to a side, maybe a little more than half that uh, farther in. And there are benches and there are places to, again, you know, where, you, where you would... If you would go to the temple, you can wash, that kind of thing. Says, so, well, you can wait here, or or you can come with me, and we can we can we can uh, uh, scrounge up a, a scrumptious meal together. I can help you with that, sure. Of course, of course. This way, this way. I'll wait here. I do my ablations. Yeah. So he goes off in a in a. There there are uh, doors straight ahead, and there are side doors to the left and right. And he goes through the the left hand door. And as I'm walking off with him, I turn back to them and point at the other at the at the other doors and stuff eyes look <laughs> yeah i i nod and i i'll head to the to the nearest door to me and put an ear to it and listen then open up as quietly as i can so first do i hear anything and i have path to roll for that don't i yeah you can do a listen listen roll if you want all right it's under five yes oh roll again five or less and it's a perfect perfect Oh, wow. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, double perfect. So you can mark two experience points for, for listen. I'll be able to actually increase it this time. All right. And do I hear anything? And I want you to make a normal psychic power roll on top of this. Your psychic power or less. It's your stat called PSY. Uh, less than 11. And it is a five. If you're listening through the door and you hear this odd whistling, like the wind is coming through uh, some gaps in a wall or something. Oh, I'm gonna ask him what he's doing over there. I go. I hear something. There's some sort of breeze in there, but it's it's weird because it's got a um, and I gotta wave my hand. Weird tone to the sound. Well, aren't you going to open the door? Take I take my um, Morningstar off off the belt loop and hold in hand and say, yes, I'm going to open the door very ca- quite car- carefully. Carefully open the door to a broad corridor. Corridor isn't really the word. It's more like a, a, a large room that is open. You, you get the sense that if you were to uh, go through the door and to the left, you could go around this entrance room and pass. It's kind of like an, an odd shape. Uh, you you can see a corridor off to the left, and then you can you see you can take a, a left as well uh, if you were to turn left. It's a pretty large room. You see a lot of doors in front of you, uh, which appear to be you'd guess they're you know uh, priest cells. They're they're doors to um, pl- sleeping places. Are any of them ajar? Uh, no, they're all they all appear to be closed. There are various things in here. There there are uh, benches. There's a little table against the wall to the right. There are some mixed paraphernalia in here that might be used for, like, maybe bits of cloth, water pitchers, uh, bowls, stuff like that. It may be like a closer storage for rites absurd within the temple rather than out on the grounds. What do I see is making the whistling sound? 
You don't see anything making that whistling sound. Can I, can I tell which way it's coming from? You, you get a sense that it's straight ahead, right? You get a sense that it's straight ahead in like maybe the th- maybe third or fourth uh, chamber from the right. Meanwhile, in the other room, the priest uh, enthusiastically steps through um, uh, and into what appears to be like a makeshift kitchen area. It has the same kind of layout as, as uh, the opposite side. So directly when you go through the door, you can see that there are rooms ahead with, with doors with the individual like monk cells and they keep going along this long long um 30 40 well not 40 but 30 meters probably uh, along that whole way um it's like the mirror version of the other side but instead of being having like par- paraphernalia for for rights you can see like a open kitchen essentially uh where you know things are hanging from the ceiling along the walls there are um, uh, tables and and um there are some basic cooking utensils and uh, like a cauldron, tiny cauldron, right, for making stew, that kind of thing. And uh, you see some barrels as well up on a table. So uh, how many of you live here? Oh, uh, goodness me, uh, must be. And he starts to count on his finger. Uh, well, quite a lot of us. Uh, you have to excuse me. I'm I'm not one with the numbers, but uh, uh, does the air want? What does he say? Uh, uh, two dozen, perhaps? Whatever that means. And then he starts reaching for some, some stuff that he's been messing with, putting together some, some sort of stew. Help him watching what he's grabbing. And- so he's grabbing very obvious things. Like there, there are bits of like, uh, uh, clearly they've traded with, uh, with somebody because there's, there's sorry, legs of pork and, um, and herbs that you would imagine wouldn't be very common up here. It's kind of rich, actually. It's it's more well-to-do than you than you probably would have expected one of these uh, places to to be. And he's kind of enthusiastically hacking up pork and and vegetables and uh, tubers <laughs> and like figuring out like well, smelling the different herbs. Oh yes, oh yes. Well. I was I was supposed to tell you something. Yes, uh, the 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 other brothers. Yes, they um they made a startling discovery. You see, in one of the valleys up here, probably an old ruin. It might actually be a precursor temple of Wegel. That's 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 my guess. Well, that's what the abbot said, and I I guess his guess is as good as mine, or my guess is as good as his. I don't know which is the appropriate thing to say. I'm I'm very awkward at this whole thing. But yes, they went off uh, to scout this place and to uh, to uh, investigate further. How long ago was that? Again, he starts counting on his fingers. I I don't I don't know a dozen days, perhaps. Hmm. It's been quite lonely. Yes, yeah, well, this place is nicely well stocked for the the coming winter. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I believe brother thinks for a moment. Lucas is in charge of it. I think so. He used to be one of those. And then he like he 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 stops doing the hacking, and then he puts the knife down, and he's like he's almost like he's clutching the collar of his robe as if he's trying very hard to remember something. Merchant, yes, yes, that's the word. He used to be a merchant before he came here. Very clever man. And he waves a fat finger at you. How much of my knowledge, you know, with the the first aid would apply to general kind of. Can I figure out if this guy, you know, looking at this guy, has he had some head trauma? Is there something physically wrong with him? Or 
Sure, uh, make a roll. Can I use my first aid? Yes. No. I mean, you can make some guesses that uh, you know, the way his eye is kind of like his pupil. You don't notice, notice that his pupil in the in the enlarged pupil eye moves at all. So it's possible that he's had some head trauma or at least ocular. That side of the head has has taken some impact, but it, he doesn't look like like his head has been caved in or something at any point. He looks very sturdy. Those, those strange uh, stitches and scars on his head. No, no. I mean, I, I suppose in theory there might be poisons that could have done something like this, but you don't have a good uh, you don't have a good explanation. Like you don't you don't come up with like any like oh yeah it's totally <laughs> I, I see where the horse kicked him. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like that at all. In fact, let me make an instinct roll. You spent some time in his company now. There's a success. Okay. You get a, an odd sensation that there's uh, something, there, there's an odd energy about him. Uh, you don't think any of the others would really be able to notice this kind of thing. Maybe potentially uh, Eskel, considering he has some sorcerer's talent. Like there's something about this this dude. Either he's like marked in some fashion by some god or demon, or he's wearing something that um, that gives off this magic sense uh, feeling. Uh, remember when I, t- when I told you like the, you felt the ripples, almost like ripples on a still pool when somebody was casting a spell close close by. It's almost like this all the time when he's around you. It's like he's making ripples all the time. I don't spot any talisman or anything on him hanging around his neck or uh he is wearing like two layers of robes so he might be wearing something under it of course mm-hmm. it, it's not unheard of either that priests will will carry like holy symbols that uh, have a special special significance or that they've been touched or they've drank from you know specific uh, sacred springs or something that that might make them give off this kind of um feeling or aura but he's also pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, in the um, main room, what is what is Yana doing? From Zygmunt's gesticulations, I thought we were supposed to kind of split up on checking the doors. So unless I was really distracted by Ezgul's body language, I'm checking another door. Uh, it's up to you. What would you like to do? I'm checking the other door so that... There's uh, a little bit more ground being covered. Okay, so the door's straight ahead? Yeah. Two double doors. You poke through them, or do you, do you want to stop and listen, or do you want to do anything? Uh, a listen would be a good idea. Sure. Make, make me a listen roll as well. Okay. Oh, dear. Roll again. Yeah, this has been a bad session for my rolling. Okay, so it's not a, a fumble or critical failure. It's It's just a regular failure. So... Uh, I think you you hear about what you expect to hear, which is silence. Yeah. There's nothing in particular going on on the other side. Well, let's uh, open it up. So you, you see a corridor that is perhaps uh, five meters, uh, meters uh, from wall to wall. It opens up to right and left. It opens up into the, the spaces um, that uh, Sigmund and, um, and Eskel are both occupying, right, to, to right and left. Straight ahead. Um, there are another set of doors. Actually, there are no doors. It's more like a, it's, it's just an opening. And you can look straight into what appears to be like a, what would it be, like the ceremony room or the prayer room. Uh, you can see a standing personification of, uh, of Weggle with the male shirt and the spear and the club. Um, he has a bunch of 
uh, offerings at his feet, all everything from mountain flowers to like a, a copper pot to um, uh, a helmet to it seems that travelers who pass by here sometimes leave things uh, as offerings. And so some of these things are probably, you know, from them. Uh, there are arrayed again uh, um, beside him and out, you know, just looking through the doorway, you can see that beside him and, and around there are braziers, like a little um, floor level braziers that are unlit. They're supposed to be lit and like create a neat little firelit atmosphere in there. And um, since it isn't lit, there's a very faint light coming down from a hole in the ceiling that's probably supposed to be like illuminating the statue in in daytime other than that nothing special there you can hear the priest babbling (laughs) with sigmund to your left but that's that's about it for all intents and purposes right you you've just noticed hey this is the temple proper this appears to be the temple yeah nothing's odd going nothing odd is going on other than the fact that it's quite dark would you like to like join one of the others or or go poke around on your own well, having already trespassed this much, I'll, you know, take some small item, maybe a bit of... You, you want to go take one of the offering? No. Some small item that I have been carrying, I am leaving an offering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds like, I've, I'm already a trespasser, I might as well be a thief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I am doing a, a, what do you call it, an appeasement. Okay. I'm leaving a little bit of... Okay. My worked leather and putting my hands together and bowing my head and it seems like it's it's more items than coinage that people are leaving as offerings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are coin as well, but but there's not a lot. Like it's more things, like somebody's dagger, somebody's right. gugaw. What is your psychic power stat? Eleven. Uh, roll me six or less. Roll again. Well, there's a greater probability that you'll get another number than one when you roll two two thirty. So I'm going to be really nice and let you keep that because I like where this is going. So I think like you leave the offering and you and you get you show your your respect and just for a a moment there's a feeling of suddenly you're cold like you're standing in the wind and you 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 feel the smell you smell something burnt and instead of the statue in front of you you see a beheaded statue smeared with probably dirt or blood the offerings are scattered around the brassiers are scattered around there's there's dirt tracked in here the walls are kind of half ruined like they've been torn down violently by something large and then everything is back to normal Okay, this has left me quite shaken. I don't know if I'm seeing a premonition or if we're living in an illusion right now. Let's stop it there for today. And, and I hate to say it, the syntax is wrong. Don't use equal sign. When we put that equal there, is it forcing it to be one? Yes. It's forcing it to be one. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's less than equal sign. Not less than six, less than equal sign. So that's always one. <laughs> well, I liked the outcome, so so never okay. mind. We got a spookier, you know. He's got he's got that flash cut in black and white, you know, and the camera's busy turning on his side as he sees the the ruined temple temple sanctuary. Then everything's normal again. So, did anybody 
role a success or a perfect success on any skill today? Yeah. Ooh. I did not. Those skills, if you rolled a success, mark one experience for that skill. If you rolled a perfect success, two experience points. It's an either or, not both. I believe uh, Ari succeeded in appraise and haggle. So one, um, actually appraise was, was a perfect success, right? Pretty sure you appraised the horse perfectly. So mark two experience points for I appraise. did. Excellent. And do we get any bonus XP for this session or? Uh, nope. Well, well, I'll give you two bonus experience each for some, like, engaging with people in, in Torsberg, getting some leads to things. Yeah, why not? Gave me an excuse to play some dumb characters. Oh, yeah. Castian. There is a thing called hero points in this game, uh, and you should begin with one. And these are things that you earn for doing particularly conventionally heroic things like saving people, defeating monsters, uh, be doing things that, that will gain you renown in a kind of classical antiquity kind of fashion. Uh, and you spend them, uh, either, either you save them up, and for five points you can improve one of your stats by one point, so you can raise strength from whatever it is to the next point, or uh, you can spend them uh, as you play to improve a roll by one step. So if you succeed, you can make it a perfect result. If you uh, fail, you can make it a success, and so on. Okay. Uh, any thoughts? Criticisms? Um... No. I mean, it's it's a very straightforward system. Mm. Yeah, it's not complicated at all. So I got no yeah, I got no complaints there. Uh, is this a published adventure? No, uh, it is. Uh, it is a uh, part of a campaign book like would suggested like here's an area here are some places uh here are some religions here are some people have fun <laughs> like, which suits me fine because then i don't have to f some dumb thing there's no scale in the map oh yes there's a scale in the map oh wait wait a second it's a very small scale the uh the mold cluster it must only be about 60 meters 60 meters from now. <laughs> yeah it's a typo it's supposed to be kilometers Oh, that's a long way. Oh my god, some of these poisons are excellent. Just so you know. <laughs> oh yeah, with the daddy issues. Okay, okay, now I remember. <laughs> of course you remember the daddy issues, but not the character. <laughs> sure. I tried to play that great. up very well, thank you. <laughs> it's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com Find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.